Merry Christmas, everybody. I so wish I could be with you this morning, but I'm happy that I can come to you from our own living room here in Carpinteria. Christmas, time when we get to see and hear a lot about children and their their wonder uh, and and the ways that they look at the lights and the and the presents and and the story of Jesus and all of the different things. We we hear a lot about children in this time. And we know that to see something through the eyes of a child brings new meaning to what we maybe as adults might now consider as matter of fact or mundane or commonplace. I remember my first trip to Disneyland happened when I was 25 years old. And I was like a kid for the first time when I get to see everything that was there. But I also remember being there with our little toddler age niece and riding through Small World and just seeing her eyes just looking and looking and looking. I spent most of the time looking at her because her eyes were so wide and she was so fascinated with all that. From a child's perspective, the world brings a fresh vision and playfulness that we somehow lose over the years. I know I wish I had written down every new insight I gained through our own three children when they were little and the multitudes of children and youth I have interacted with throughout all these years. They say things in a way that we have forgotten to say. They're seeing with new eyes. So now to experience all this again through our granddaughter brings laughter and conviction to me as I hear the things she says and the insights that she has on things that I've never thought about. Years ago, our family found the following video clip created by our Anglican brothers and sisters at St. Paul's Church in Auckland, New Zealand. And so I want to, to share this with you because it's the Christmas story in about three and a half minutes through the eyes of some kids. Let's take a look at that now. scared when the angel came to her. There was one main angel called Gabriel. He was just a boy angel. She had wings and she was all white. The angel said, you're gonna have a special baby. And it was God's son. She was quite excited. A bit scared. And she was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have the son of God. And then she was like, I can't, I'm not married and stuff. Joseph, he was a builder. Mary told Joseph that she was having a baby called Jesus and it was God's son. He was like, what? Then Joseph saw the angel in a dream. I think Joseph was really scared. And then they went to Bethlehem. On a donkey. It'd be quite hot. She had a baby in her tummy and she would have been really heavy. <laughs> she said, Can we stop anywhere with these houses? I had to try and find somewhere for Mary to have the baby. I went around a whole neighbourhood. No, no Everyone 
mum said no in an angry voice because it was the middle of the night. He said, yeah, there's a barn type thing around the back. They had to go to a barn and have their baby. It has sheeps. It was like all hay and animal poop and sheep and things. put baby Jesus in one of those troughs. They call the baby Jesus and they loved him. He has two daddies, God and Jesus. They both needed to look after the baby. The angel told the shepherds to follow the star. There was three kings. They followed the star all the way to where Jesus was born. When they get to the table, they give them Jesus the presents. got some angels as visitors too and then there was a giant star. Everyone was there. Then there was a party. fresh insight you gained from watching this. There were two statements that stood out to me. One was, he has two daddies. Love that. The second one was, and then there was a party and they pull out all the glow sticks and celebrate together. We've been watching and waiting for this day, this Christmas day, and now that day is here when we celebrate the coming of Jesus to earth as a baby. Our Lord could have made any entrance he wanted as a teenager, as a young adult, as an established adult, as a king, as a corporate executive, you name it. He could have chosen any one of those, but he chose to come as an infant to show us the way. The prophetic passage that we will briefly study this morning also points to the leadership and vision of a child. A world ultimately restored through the leadership of a child reminds us of God's call to have childlike faith and remember the great story of his coming to earth and to remember that as a fresh truth. So today we're going to read from the book of Isaiah, chapter 11. You're invited to follow along with me in your own Bible, or you can follow along on the screen as I read. 
Isaiah chapter 11, we'll begin with verse one and we'll go through verse nine. It says this, a shoot shall come from the stump of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness, he shall judge for the poor and decide with equity for the oppressed of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips, he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion will feed together and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Now let's take a moment and make some observations here. Number one, a shoot shall come from the stump and a branch will grow from its roots. We live in a world of resilient plants. Recently, when I was at the Grand Canyon, I was fascinated with how plants could just grow through rocks, find a little crevice they would get their way through. I've also been impressed as you have on many accounts uh, after our fires to see how plants have come back up. And uh, recently we had our condo village tented for termites and we lost some plants, uh, not inside our house, but uh, just out on our patio. And I thought they're completely dead, they're gone, and here they are shooting up again already. So resilient. So this picture of a, a shoot coming from a stump uh, reminds us that even a stump has hope. Even a stump has hope. And when Isaiah wrote these words, he said, hey, out of Jesse, out of King David's father, a shoot will come up. And on down the road, a king will rise from that. This is a hopeful prophecy. And what do we know about this shoot? Look at that list that's there. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. With righteousness, he shall judge the poor. He will decide with equity. Righteousness and faithfulness will be the belt. Those are some hopeful words. What a great list. That's a whole sermon series right there in and of itself. Second observation. In this, there is a beautiful picture of hope. Did you see all the descriptions of things that we would never see together in, in our life? A wolf 
laying down with a lamb, a leopard with a, with a kid, a goat, a calf, and a lion. And then it throws in, and a little child shall lead them. Well, it turns out that in the Hebrew, lead is to shepherd them. A little child shall shepherd them. A little child shall be in charge of them as a herdsman. That's radical. That's radical to think of herding these combinations. You would think you would want somebody with a lot of experience. We're gonna, okay, we're going to put wolves and lambs together, and we need somebody to herd that. You would want somebody that had great experience, and yet Isaiah, through the words of the Lord, says, a little child shall be their herdsman. But what the writer is saying about the child is helpful because it brings back to us the wide-eyed wonder of a child that was born into this world who was also worshipped by shepherds and kings. Jesus came as a child. A little child shall lead them. It also brings us back to the trust in a God who longs for us to dream big. For God is always bigger. God is not a little better than us. God is way better. I can't even describe how much better God is or how much bigger he is. There was a book that I remember reading in seminary uh, by J.B. Phillips entitled, Your God is Too Small. And he spends a whole book telling us about how we make God too small. We forget how big our God is. This also brings us back to the innocent love, still unconditional for all people, to model and to lead courageously. Children don't overthink the possibilities and what ifs. They have faith that will happen and they naively and innocently go forward. And we are inspired by that in moments. And finally, it brings us back to the honesty of not having an agenda. When you get down to it, isn't it in some way refreshing to be around somebody who doesn't have a hidden agenda? I have people like that in my life, thankfully a lot of people, but I know where they stand. I don't have to wonder if they're thinking something else. I know where they stand and that's refreshing to some degree. And you know, a little child most often moves forward without an ulterior motive. Now, yes, there comes a time when they do, but we're talking about before then. Their leadership is right out there for us to see. We know their agenda. We know where they're headed. A little child shall lead them. Poet Ann Porter was born in 1911 and lived one month shy of 100 years old. She didn't get serious about her poetry until age 64. I turned 64 in January, I have, a, I have time. Porter noted her late arrival in life on the poetry scene. She said this, people don't use their creativity as they get older. They think this is supposed to be the end of this and the end of that, but you can't always be so sure that it is the end. She was reflecting 
her understanding of a childlike faith. Ann Porter came to realize this and wrote about it. This past November, when I was away on a retreat with some young ministry uh, students, I became acquainted with her work. And on seeing and reflecting on that poem with some others, I knew this was perfect for this Christmas day. So enjoy it with me as I read. It's entitled Noel by Ann Porter. When snow is shaken from the balsam trees and they're cut down and brought into our houses, when clustered sparks of many colored fire appear at night in ordinary windows, we hear and we sing the customary carols. They bring us ragged miracles and hay and candles and flowering weeds of poetry that are loved all the more because they are so common. But there are carols that carry phrases of the haunting music of the other world, a music wild and dangerous as a prophet's message or the fresh truth of children who, though they come to us from our own bodies, are altogether new with their small limbs and bird-like voices. They look at us with their clear eyes and they ask piercing questions God alone can answer. Let me emphasize a few lines that jumped out to me. Let's let those sink in a little bit before we close this time. They bring us ragged miracles. Think about that. But there are carols that carry phrases of the haunting music of the other world, a music wild and dangerous as a prophet's message. Or the fresh truth of children who though they come to us from our own bodies are altogether new. They look at us with their clear eyes and they ask the piercing questions God alone can answer. We could spend great time, volumes of time reflecting on this, but perhaps you could share this poem with others in the context of Isaiah's prophecy and hear God's truth in even wider ways as you reflect on these truths. So as we close this Christmas, let's ask, how have this stories, the Christmas stories, miracles become too commonplace for us? You know, the miracles of the Bible become commonplace. We read them over and over. We think they happened all the time and our expectation is the same, that they will happen all the time now. A miracle is a miracle. 
God has intervened in the most amazing ways when a miracle occurs. And so when we think about the Christmas miracles, they could become even more commonplace as we read them over and over, as every Christmas we hear the stories. More about that in just a moment. A second question to ask is that in what ways have we allowed the fresh truth we spoke as children or as children in our faith, how have we allowed that to become stale? And a few little questions that go underneath that one. Where do we lose that wide-eyed wonder? Where, where, did, where, where did that happen? Is it culture? Is it trying to be comfortable? Is it being afraid to venture? Is it our lack of faith? Another little sub-question is, when did we lose the ability to look at life in new ways? As one who's been in youth ministry for a very long time, I've led a lot of games and different experiences. And there have been many times when I've had new leaders come in and say, hey, Doug, I'd like to try a particular game for this next Wednesday night or for some event. And in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, I did that one years ago and it just didn't work. It flopped. It was, but I've learned to not say anything and to say, go for it. And so guess what happens? They have many times over, I have seen younger people come in and lead something that I thought would flop. And I could have said that to them and it was a success. And it's always a reminder to me that give people the opportunity to look at things in new ways and that I need to do that as well. You know, the older we get, the more we seem to default to the less creative, as Ann Porter kind of reminded us. And so let's be reminded that we worship an amazing God who did the unimaginable, the unimaginable in our lives and all of humanity. The stories of Christmas are ragged miracles. They are a music wild and dangerous. Think of the coming of the angel to Mary. Think of the, the virgin birth in a, in a stable or a cave. Think of the shepherd's encounter with the angels and a visit to worship the Christ child. And think of the, the wise men who traveled from afar to to bow at a child's feet. And those are just some of the stories we know about. A little child came and led us and still leads us today and will eternally. There's nothing stale about this. Like the child, let us see with clear eyes and ask the piercing questions that only God can answer. May this Christmas open our eyes again to the wonders of Jesus and his great love for us. And may our God lead us to 
to look at the birth of Jesus as a ragged miracle. And may this be the fresh truth that renews and challenges us every day. May the Lord be with you. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.